tonight we're going to talk about forgiveness, uh, just a really, um, really important topic, particularly as we think about our families. Um, but before we jump into that, if you would take out your take-homes, that would be great, um, just so that you've got those in your hand, you know where those are at. You'll see our, our virtue at the top there, our bottom line, and then our verse that we're memorizing. So what we wanted to do tonight was to actually talk about one of the topics that our kids are talking about downstairs. We think that'll even just give us more kind of acceleration as we um, bring the things uh, that we're talking about in here uh, to our home. So that's, that's part of the reason why we wanted to talk about forgiveness tonight. So if you're new to D6, we want to welcome you. It's always good to see new faces. Last week we had some of our highest numbers for D6 for this semester and lots of new faces in here. So really, um, yeah, welcome if you're new. Our whole desire with D6 is we just want to be a catalyst and help families uh, lead on the spiritual front at home. We really desire to be a church where we're building up um, families that can leave a legacy of faith that far outlives each one of us. And so that's our mission. It's a big one, but we're excited about it, and we want to do all we can to pour into families uh, to, to make them as spiritually strong as they, they possibly can be. So, um, so if you're new, yeah, really welcome here. We're, we're glad to have you here. Uh, next week, I uh, want to tell you what we're going to be doing. We're going to take all of the first year's content and we're going to boil it down into the best, you know. So you're going to walk away next week with maybe 10 takeaways, the best stuff from all semester. So you won't want to miss next week our last D6 of the semester. We'll also be doing some fun stuff downstairs. So that'll be a, a fun, uh, fun way to kick us off uh, or to uh, end our, actually end our semester. So hey, I want to read to you, uh, this is a, a story that came in a few weeks ago. This is... Um, I came in on a text message and uh, just a really cool story. This was after, you might remember, three, four weeks ago when we talked about the ABCs and we talked about, okay, how, if we were going to lead our families, uh, if we we're going to lead our kids into a relationship with Christ, we talked about how the, our, our uh, kids were taught the ABC method and we, that whole thing was about uh, admitting believing and then choosing Christ. And so then parents, you were, uh, you know, we went through that together as a group too so that you could go home and, and talk to your kids about that. And uh, anyway, it was really neat to hear some stories and then to get this one. And so here it is. It says, hey, wanted to share uh, the, our victory of the day. On our ride home from school, the kids started this great conversation about heaven and, and they started asking lots of questions. I kept thinking, make minutes matter. You might remember, uh, this is on Thursday morning that or this was on, uh, yeah, Thursday that this text came in, but on Wednesday night that week, Boomer talked, and uh, he talked about making minutes matter. And so she says, I, I kept thinking, make minutes matter. Then Avery, and she's a five, their five-year-old daughter, she asked um, how she could ask Jesus into her heart. So when we got home, we went through the ABCs, and she prayed to receive Christ into her heart. So isn't that awesome? Yeah, I mean, you just kind of get, you get one of these, and you go, boom, awesome, very, very cool. So uh, it's exciting to hear just kind of what God's doing. And what I love about this story was this happened, uh, didn't happen in a classroom, which nothing wrong if it does happen in a classroom or downstairs in our auditorium. But we, what we love to hear is when it happens at home, you know, or in the minivan, you know, or wherever. So anyway, very cool. Hey, um, next, what I want to do is uh, just show you this little quick video, and then we'll pray and jump into tonight's topic. So this will just intro our topic. So take a look. Have you ever forgiven someone? Sometimes you're, you just really don't want to forgive them because they hurt you really, really bad. Like, I didn't really want to forgive my sister when she pushed me into the deck. I tried really hard to get my anger away. Then I got, um, then I took it all out and I said, I forgive you. It makes me feel good when I do that. I think it made her feel good too, somewhere in her heart. 
Kids put it so well sometimes, you know? So, hey, let's do this. This is a really important topic. I think if we can get our arms around this one, we can make a lot of leadway um, with our family. So let's pray and just ask God, just for his Holy Spirit, just to, to really guide us. So, yeah. Heavenly Father, thanks for tonight. Thanks for uh, just gathering these parents again here. And um, Lord, we just want to say, even just by our attendance, Lord, would you help us get better tonight? Um, would you help us um, get better in this whole area of forgiveness, uh, receiving it, extending it, and then uh, teaching it to our kids, Lord? So we love you, and uh, again, we just pray that you would lead us. So we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Well, if I were to ask you, what is the center of the Christian faith? Uh, what is at the very center of it? Um, and I gave you a couple minutes to think about that. I would guess that very quickly you would come back to the topic of forgiveness. You would say pretty quickly in a conversation, you would say without forgiveness, really there's no Christianity, right? I mean, forgiveness is, it's huge. Uh, without forgiveness, we don't have a re right relationship with God. Without forgiveness, we don't have a right relationship with other people. Without forgiveness, our kids don't have right relationships with each other. So this whole idea of forgiveness, it's central. Uh, I would say this, though, unless you're this family. Let's take a look at this picture here. Unless you're that family. Anybody remember them? No? Leave it to Beaver? Am I too old? You guys, you guys didn't watch this growing up? There's only five of you. Okay, well, um, that's the Leave it to Beaver show. And um, that's Ward and June. And uh, help me with the other names. Wally. Wally. Oh, well, you, you did watch the show. All right, there we go. But here's the deal. That family, if you gave them 60 minutes, they could work anything out, right, um, in, in 60 minutes. I don't know. We're, we're not like that at our house. Um, and we need to talk about forgiveness because we wrong each other and that kind of thing. Uh, I wrote this down because it was so funny. Well, kind of funny. But our four-year-old, uh, she was four at the time. This is our daughter. And this was at Thanksgiving. And we had company. And um, Christine and I got into a, a little bit of a, an argument. Um, that's a nice way to say fight, you know. And, and so... Her and I were having a little squabble in the kitchen, and Ashlyn said to us, she said, you two need to stop fighting. She said, that's what me and Aiden do, her brother, um, and you guys are older, so you shouldn't. I think both of you need to say you're sorry. You know, I thought, I think I need to tell her how much college is going to cost, you know, or whatever. So, but, but anyways, just a little girl, though, you know, great, great insight. Um, Here's what I want you to do. I want you on your, on your sheets tonight, you've got a couple questions just to kind of get us into this topic. I want you to take just a minute and just a couple minutes and answer those first two questions. The first one is this, how would you define forgiveness? This is on your note sheet there. How would you define forgiveness? And then number two, um, what happens when a person doesn't embrace forgiveness? How does it affect them? Got that? Are those questions on your sheets? Yeah, okay, great. Okay, so... One, two, three, at your tables, go ahead and discuss, and I'll bring us back in just a couple minutes. Go ahead. How would you define forgiveness, and what happens when a person doesn't embrace it? Okay, let me, uh, let me bring us back. Um, I remember growing up when uh, there was this family that we would see every week at church, and it was a family that my dad, um, he would serve them sometimes at their house and whatnot, and so we, um, we got to know this family pretty well. Um, but they were very bitter people. And um, this was a, a, a husband and a wife uh, that if you talked to them for maybe more than a minute, you could, you could tell they were really angry. And they would tell you quickly who they were angry with. And it was usually somebody different. And, and, um, but I, I'll never forget this. This lady's face, even her, she had this upside down smile. She had a, you know, a frown that she wore all the time. And I thought to myself, um, 
man, maybe she was just, maybe that was, she was born that way, but then I noticed her husband had the same one, you know, and I thought, <laughs> no, it's not true, you know, I mean, they just, they are so unhappy, and, and it was because of bitterness, you know, I mean, seriously, you talk to him just for a few minutes, and, and, um, and my dad was the type that he, he'd go to church, and, and we'd be there till you know, really late because he would talk to a lot of people. And, uh, and I remember we'd always end up talking to this couple and it was just kind of like you walked up to him like, oh, it's just going to be hard, you know. But it was that they hung on to bitterness, you know. And, and isn't it true? I mean, that's kind of what happened. That is what happened to us when, when we hang on to, uh, to uh, sin and, and when we don't forgive people. I want to read this quote to you. This is from Corey Ten Boom. Uh, she was a Christian woman who, her, who survived a Nazi concentration camp during the Holocaust. And she said this. I mean, if anybody could speak about this, she, had, she deserved to do so. She said, forgiveness is to set a prisoner free and to realize that the prisoner was you. It's that whole idea that if you and I don't forgive um, or if we don't teach our kids to forgive, it's as though we're teaching them to carry around luggage, you know, all this weight with them. I mean, and they just, they'll carry it with them wherever they go. We'll carry it with us wherever we go if we're not the kind of people that are quick to forgive. So let me give you this definition for forgiveness tonight. Here it is. Forgiveness is a decision to release a person from the obligation that resulted when they injured you. Forgiveness is, is a decision to release a person from the obligation that resulted when they injured you. So you're saying, hey, I'm releasing you from the obligation that resulted when you hurt me, when you injured me, when you sinned against me. Um, so forgiveness, right to the core of Christianity. I mean, hugely important. And I think the reason why this topic, I feel like is so important for us to get our arms around as parents and to be able to teach well to our kids is if we can teach our kids forgiveness, then they're gonna understand Christianity in a heartbeat, right? And it gives us so many opportunities. We have so many opportunities just around the house in a given week when someone wrongs somebody else to not just discipline the behavior, but to say, wow, to tie it back to forgiveness and then to be able to point it to Christ. So it's just like this um, really fertile ground for a lot of, a lot of opportunity. Um, so here's our main point for tonight. You might jot this down. Our kids' view of God is shaped heavily by how we model giving and receiving forgiveness. Our kids' view of God is shaped heavily by how we model giving and receiving forgiveness. So if they see us holding on to things like, oh, they, they see mom or dad gets wronged and they're just, they see mom and dad are just bitter and angry about that for a long, long time, that will be a reflection on their view of God. If they know that mom and dad won't forgive so-and-so in the family or whatever it is or somebody at work and, and they just constantly bring that up, that will have an impact on how our kids view their heavenly father, um, which is it's, it's pretty scary, pretty uh, daunting, I think, responsibility even on our hands to, to try to get our arms around this whole idea of, of forgiveness. So, so here's my desire tonight. It's that we would be able to leave here and just having talked about this topic, we would be able to, to look at our kids a little bit differently and point them not, again, just to correct behavior sometimes, but we'd be able to point them to Christ as we talk about something that's so core to our faith and really to our parenting and helping our kids and our, our families uh, work well. So, um, so what we're going to do is we're going to look at a couple different passages. I'm going to give you tonight four things to remember, and then I'm going to end with just three very practical things, things, things that I've either learned from a book or two or things from a mentor, okay? So the first one is this, if you're taking notes, four things to remember. Number one, 
Uh, forgiving others begins with being forgiven. We're starting, at the, we're starting right at the ground, uh, ground level here. Forgiving others begins with being forgiven. If I were to give you like a, a, a soundbite summary of forgiveness throughout the entire scriptures, I think this is how I would do it if I, if I wanted to be just very succinct and if I didn't have much time at all. I would tell you about how for 1,500 years, if we looked at the Old Testament, there was a sacrificial system. And so when people um, committed sin, they knew, okay, now what am I going to do? Now I'm going to take an animal. That animal is going to be slaughtered. There's going to be blood that's going to be spread. Something's going to have to die to pay for the sin that I have committed. So imagine if you lived in that culture. And I mean, this went on for 1,500 years. People did this way. And what they were thinking when they were doing it was, okay, there's going to be forgiveness granted through this. It was a symbolic way. What they were recognizing is something has to die because of my sin. Out of gratitude to God, it's not me, right? It can be this animal. Now, imagine that. They had a very high view of the holiness of God. We see this throughout the New Testament. There were times, obviously, when they didn't have a high view of God. We see that as well in the Old Testament. But now, fast forward then to John chapter, uh, yeah, John chapter 1, verse 29. So imagine if you grew up in a society and in a culture where when you thought sin, you thought sacrifice. When you thought sin, you thought lamb. When you thought payment for sin, you thought animal's blood, right? Okay, so imagine this. It says, John chapter 1, verse 29, it says, The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now think of this would have been huge for them. And there would have been probably just a lot of confusion, actually, when John the Baptist said this. But what John the Baptist was saying, and now that we study it on this side of things, we know exactly what he meant. He was saying, hey, no more sacrifice. Look, the Lamb of God, he's the one who takes away the sin of the world. And so right out of the chute, we got to realize that forgiving others begins with being forgiven. Let me tie this up with this verse. This is from Colossians chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. It says, uh, when you were dead in your sins, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. Uh, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Meaning this, that in, in, in Christ, we are forgiven. In the sacrifice of Christ, our indebtedness was boom, 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 nailed to the cross. And so when you think about this, I mean, just if, if we're going to teach forgiveness, if we're going to model that to our kids, it's got to start with us having a correct biblical understanding of, hey, I am totally forgiven through Jesus Christ, okay? So um, very base level. But I know there's lots of times there's people that are, are, are very brand new to, to Brookside, brand new to Christianity. And so I think that's the, the, the place we need to start. And if you're a committed follower of Christ, it's a great place to start because it reminds us, okay, wow, I'm grateful for the cross, right? That I can forgive other people, particularly when I stand back long enough to think about the fact that I am forgiven. I mean, that just, that, if we really think about that and kind of share the gospel with ourselves on a daily basis, it, it really transforms our hearts. So, so that's where we start. Forgiving others begins by being forgiven. Number two, here it is. Uh, forgiveness is a big deal, dot, 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 a matter of the heart. Um, I'll go quick on this one. Matthew chapter 12, verse 34 says this. It says, for out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Uh, matters of the heart, they're the most important matters. Matters of the heart are the thing things that they drive, things of significance, right? So a matter of the heart, if someone says, wow, that's a heart issue, that's a really big deal. 
And so we need to realize that when we're talking about forgiveness, it's not like a, this isn't like a little bitty topic and we hope our kids get this right. Man, this is a big one where we say, you know what, forgiveness is huge. And if I know that I'm forgiven, that's my starting place. But then I know that, wow, my kids, when I teach this, this isn't like something I just hope to get to someday. I wanna be teaching this one all the time because again, it's a matter of the heart and it goes clear back to, the, to really the core of our faith in, in Christ. Okay, number three, it says this. Uh, receiving forgiveness leads to extending forgiveness. Receiving forgiveness leads to extending forgiveness. I want to read to you a verse. This is, if you're jotting down a reference, here it is. It's Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 13. Colossians 3, 12 through 13. Paul writes this, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have, have against one another. And then here it is. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. So receiving forgiveness, what does it do? It leads toward extending it. When we realize, okay, wow, I don't even deserve forgiveness, but I, I have it. That motivates us. It propels us to say, I want to extend it. It's almost as though it changes our lens. It's like we put on a whole different shade of lens, and instead of looking at people with a hard heart, we go, oh, now I look at you with a compassionate heart because I realize I'm in need of forgiveness. Uh, so it's this whole idea of hard heart. No, we, you might put the word hard heart, put a circle and a line through it, right? Forgiveness is a big deal. It's a matter of the heart. Receiving forgiveness, it leads to us extending forgiveness. So when we've got it, we extend it. Uh, C.S. Lewis put it this way. To be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable, uh, inex uh, inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in me. Um, so, I mean, think about that for a second. I mean, God forgives this major sin in my life, and what does it mean? It, it means that, wow, I, I can forgive other people because God has done that in me. It's, I'm facing that reality. Another way to put it is this, forgiven people forgive people. Forgiven people forgive people. So if you're forgiven, the natural outpouring is that we would be a people that would forgive. Um, in the same way, if you've got a child that does know Christ and they're harboring um, unforgiveness, right? I mean, they're angry at a kid at school and it's not just a day, it's, it's going on for weeks and weeks and weeks. You can point them back to the cross and say, you know what, wow, let's, let's pray for whoever because remember, Jesus, he, he gave us mercy. He, he forgave us. And so again, let's go right back to the heart and say, hey, let's ask God to soften our heart in this so that we can respond rightly. Um, okay, next one, number four is this. Forgiveness is more of a habit than an event. Forgiveness is more of a habit than it is an, an event. Uh, this is from Matthew uh, chapter 18, uh, verses 21 to, uh, to 34. So forgiveness is more of a habit than an event. It says, then Peter came to Jesus and he asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times. And I think at this point, Peter's probably feeling like, I'm, I'm a rock star, you know? I'm, I'm saying, Jesus, not just one, but Jesus, I'm thinking seven. Do you think I'm right? Do you think I'm awesome? You know, verse 22, Jesus answered, I tell you, Petey, um, not seven, but 77 times. And then I love Jesus again. Whenever Jesus teaches in a parable, what he's doing is this. He's trying to illustrate a point. And so Jesus says this, therefore, the kingdom of heaven, meaning this, he's saying, 
in God's economy, basically. In, in the realm in which I, I work, this is how it would be. Therefore, he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And as he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. Big, big ask, right? Huge deal. Verse 26, the servant, what did he do? He fell at his knees before him. He said, be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master, what did he do? He took pity on him, canceled the debt, and he let him go, right? And we look at that and we go, that makes sense. That was handled well. Verse 28, but when that servant went out and he found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 denarii, which in their time, we're talking a few dollars, not a big deal. What did he do? It says that he grabbed him, he began to choke him. He said, pay me back what you owe me. Verse 29, his fellow servant fell to his knees and he begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. Verse 30, but he refused. Instead, he went off and he had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. And when the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and they went and told their master everything that had happened. So they're back, they're kind of telling on the guy. Verse 32, so the master knows. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said, I canceled that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? And in anger, the master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother. And then here it is, this is so key, from your heart. Jesus is getting at in this parable is this, he's saying, that, that forgiveness, what is it? It's not an event, it's a habit, but it's not just a habit, it's a habit that flows from the heart. Again, we talk about this a lot at D6. We don't want to just do behavior management with our kids. We want to drive to the heart and say, okay, well, why did Johnny act that way? Well, what can we do at a deeper level? What's the heart issue uh, behind that? Um, Jesus, the point of that parable is you've been forgiven and so forgive, not just once, But let's teach our kids to forgive over and over and over and over again. At our house, uh, I was kind of laughing about this the other night. uh, And I don't know if it was because I feel bad for my kids when when I'm teaching a subject, you know. They like, they get it, you know. (laughs) I just, it lives out a little bit. Uh, uh, I mean, you just see examples of it. But it was probably four or five times, I think this was last night, when our kids were having this conversation. Uh, you know, Easton to Ashlyn. Ashlyn, I'm sorry I hit you. Would you please forgive me? You know, uh, Ashlyn to Aiden. You know, and just, it, and it, w- it was really healthy, but again, it, it just reminded me, um, this doesn't happen just once. This happens over and over and over. In the hour and a half or hour I was home today, uh, I sinned against Christina. We had a little argument, and, and uh, not, it wasn't even an argument, misunderstanding, but I had to say it. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, you know? Um, but it, it, again, it's not just a, an event, this whole thing of forgiveness. It is just like, um, it's like eating, you know? It's, it's just, it's that frequent. And I think we need to look at it that way. Yeah, not a habit, but an event. Okay, in the remaining time, and then we've got a, an interview we're gonna do here at the end. But I wanna give you three practical steps, three things to take away tonight. Here's the first one. How do we have this idea of forgiveness? How do we point our kids to what is so central to Christianity How do we do that? Number one, it starts with the parents, not the children. Number one, it starts with the parents, not the children. 
Uh, parents go first on this. Christine is great at this. She's very quick to be humble and to start these kind of conversations, whether it's with our kids or with me. Um, I really appreciate that about her. Uh, but parents go first. Parents don't, um, what I mean by that is parents, you model it. Uh, I picked this up from a mentor of mine. He said that he intentionally apologized to his spouse in front of his kids. So if uh, they were having a tiff or whatever, he wouldn't say, hey, let's go in the back room and, 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 and you know, fix this whole thing. He said, no, no, right there at the t- kitchen table, right there in the living room, wherever it happened, in the car, let the kids see mom and dad work this out. Um, uh, let them see it right there. So very intentionally apologize to the spouse right in front of them, model it. Um, we can also do this when we, when we wrong our kids. So it doesn't even have to be, you know, at an adult level. Um, it doesn't have to be with, you know, mother-in-law or father-in-law or whoever on the phone. It doesn't have to be just at an adult, adult level. It can be, obviously, parent to kid. Uh, just last night, uh, I was uh, downstairs, and uh, we just finished remodeling a bathroom upstairs, and, and my son came downstairs, and, and he said, uh, Dad, and he was all wet from a bath, and, and he said, Dad, I'm, I'm really sorry. That's never, never good, you know. And I said, I said, well, what, you know? And and he said, well, I, I took the towel and I put it over the towel rack. And and he said, and I was playing around with the towel, you know, like this, you know. And and uh, this is, they've been in this bathroom seriously two days. And um, and uh, I pulled the rack right off the wall, you know. And I'm like, wow, all right, you know. And and uh, and he apologized and and whatever and went upstairs and and I finished. And then, anyway, I was around him a little bit later that evening, and I was still stewing, you know? I was thinking, golly, couldn't we make it a week in that new bathroom, you know, with nothing going wrong? And um, anyway, so he was kind of goofing off when we were trying to do some family stuff before they went to sleep. And so I just, I grabbed his arm, and I just, I pulled him down next to me, and I said, knock it off, you know? I mean, I was saying, hey, listen, I shouldn't have to tell you this many times to sit down and, you know, and, and to do the deal, you know, and I, I was frustrated. And um, so, you know, 30 seconds later, you know, God, conviction, boom, you know, so I had to you know, just say to my son, hey, Aiden, I'm sorry, would you forgive me? I was harsh with you and I shouldn't have been, right? But what I'm trying to do, and I don't always get that one right, but what I'm trying to do is model to them, hey, I'm asking you, and lots of times when our kids sin against each other like that, they, you know, little one smack, whatever it is, uh, we'll say to them, hey, go make it right, and what we mean is this, they know now they need to go have the conversation with their sibling or with their mom or whoever when they're saying, hey, I was wrong, would you please forgive me? Um, so anyway, back to the point. Parents, uh, it, it starts with us, it doesn't start with our kids. Okay, number two, here it is. Go the final step in discipline to teach the gospel. Uh, go the final step in discipline to teach the gospel. Uh, when you discipline a child, Share the gospel with them. Again, I said this on the front end, but this whole idea of forgiveness is core to Christianity. And so when we're disciplining a kid, what we're saying is, you know, uh, let me give you an example with Easton. So recently disciplining Easton, what I said to him was, uh, Easton, the reason why I'm doing this is because I love you. And I said, Easton, I am under God, right? And so I have to obey God. And God says, if I care about you, I will discipline you you. Now, God, he loves us. He forgives us, right? And so, uh, Easton, you can be forgiven by God. Okay, so what I'm doing is this. I don't want to just discipline, and I don't always do that, but I wish I did every time because it's a prime opportunity to. But when we're disciplining a child, tie it back to the gospel. You did wrong, right? And there's a consequence for your sin, right? But then say, you know what, though? Daddy does wrong, too. 
And I'm so glad that God forgave me. He provided Jesus Christ so that dad's uh, sins are forgiven. And if you got a really sharp kid, they'll be like, well, then you should get spanked, you know, or whatever, you know, whatever. Just, just say, well, God's grace covers me. I guess it doesn't, uh, you, I don't know. No, but again, just take it back to the gospel. Prime time to teach the gospel. Um, we, how many opportunities do we get for that? Tons and tons probably, right? Another thing that you can do with your child is um, uh, at the end of a discipline thing, you can pray with them. Um, and just, and uh, depending on the temperament of your kid, uh, some of our kids are, are their, their temperaments are pretty mild, and so they're remorseful right away. Uh, we've got one that, man, I don't know if I've ever seen him remorseful. No, I'm just kidding, but he, he's, he's really strong, right? And so what I'm saying is it's hard to get him to that point where he's going to offer this heartfelt prayer to God. It's probably not going to happen right there for him. It's just a different process, different kid, different temperament. But if you've got one that can, you might lead that kid and say, hey, let's pray together. And let that kid pray a prayer to God. Lord, forgive me for this. Lord, would you help me not to do this anymore? I sinned against you, Lord. I sinned against my family. And I thank you that you've forgiven me. Again, you're taking them right through the gospel. You're pointing them right back to their need for Christ. So when they grow up and their sins are a little bit bigger, uh, what are they going to do? We want them to run to Jesus Christ, right? Um, so again, that, just use those small examples while they're still small. Point them to Christ. Point them to Christ. Okay, number three, last one. Here it is, make it concrete, make it concrete. Uh, so then I just put these words down. I'm sorry, would you please forgive me? Uh, what I mean by this is, that, uh, is to, to maybe have your kids even say that sentence. That's something that someone just told us. Um, but anyway, that's a way for our kids to be able to know, hey, I'm sorry, meaning I've sinned, and you could even have them say that, would you please forgive me. The important word there is forgive, I think. Um, again, what are, we, what are we wanting them to do? We're wanting our kids to be able to know, when I do wrong, I have consequence. And when I do wrong, I sin. I sin against a holy God. And so if my kids grow up and they go beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know I need Jesus, I'm going to go two thumbs up, right? So again, this is maybe just a little bit, just kind of a concrete way to say, um, to help your children understand you do do wrong, you can be forgiven, go make it right, that kind of thing, okay? Uh, so again, our, our main point tonight is this, as, as adults, um, our kids, our view of God, their view of God is shaped by how we give and how we receive uh, forgiveness. So anyway, I hope that those things are, are, are helpful to you. I um, want to bring Jack Ar Archer up now and uh, in just our last 10 minutes here and uh, Jack has been on our staff as our middle school pastor for the last uh, three years, does a phenomenal job. Some of you might even have kids in his group and uh, um, love this guy a ton. Uh, Jack was an intern uh, for us for um, how many years, Jack, before that? A decade, yeah, pretty much uh, when Jack started high school, he started interning here. Um, no, but, um, but Jack has done a phenomenal job, and one of the things that I've really appreciated about Jack is he has walked through some pretty cool ground as far as uh, in this whole area of forgiveness with his own family, with his dad. And um, as Jack was walking through that, um, uh, it was pretty powerful um, just to see Jack handle a really hard situation. But then the, the, the reason why I wanted to bring him here is it just teaches this principle. What happens when we forgive? When we biblically go before people and, um, and, we, um, and we, we forgive them. So, so Jack, en enough said about um, kind of as a setup there. Tell us a little bit about your background um, as far as it relates to, to your relationship with your dad. Yeah, so um, 
My, uh, most of my memories of my dad uh, were just pretty negative uh, as I think back to growing up. <clears throat> and uh, my, my parents had a, a pretty uh, bad marriage, I guess you would say, from as far back as I can really remember. And uh, just wasn't good in a lot of ways, wasn't healthy. And so um, by, they split up when I was in elementary school and uh, kind of my dad would come visit or talk on the phone or whatever every now and then, but that got further and further between. And so by the time I was in middle school, it was you know several months, even a year uh, in between. And um, so about in the middle of middle school around there, I, I kind of lost contact with him. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, so uh, by the time I was in high school, my relationship with my dad was completely non-existent and really, it almost felt like I never had a dad. It had been so long since I really knew him in any way. Um, and so I didn't really think about him that much. Uh, and when I did, I just had a lot of resentment and uh, hate towards him. And that's how I would talk about him and uh, just really uh, hated him for how he kind of left our family and didn't pay child support. And, you know, I blamed him for all kinds of things and, um, you know, having to, to get a job instead of maybe doing some of the things I would like to do in high school. And so I just had a lot of built up resentment and uh, hate towards him in that way. Yeah. Jack, tell us, um, I remember when Jack accepted, accepted Christ um, down in the hub, and uh, I remember that, um, that week pretty well. And uh, John Alford brought him around the office and said, Jack just accepted Christ. And we'd been, people have been praying for Jack for a long time, and so it was a pretty awesome awesome thing. Um, but Jack, tell us how your relationship with Christ really has then impacted how you view this whole thing of forgiveness. Yeah, so uh, it was in high school that, uh, towards the end of high school, I gave my life to Christ and uh, really kind of understood God's forgiveness for me for the first time. Um, but I didn't quite understand uh, or I wasn't implementing in my life just how to forgive others, especially when it came to my dad. And uh, even shortly after I be, uh, came to know Christ, uh, just a good friend of mine even brought up the topic of how we should forgive others, just like we've been forgiven. And I kind of just brushed it off like, yeah, but you don't understand and um, doesn't really apply to this situation. And it was just something that, um, yeah, I just, I guess I was too mad at my dad and didn't really feel like he deserved it. I felt like uh, if I forgave him, that would just mean it's okay what he did and he didn't, he wouldn't understand how much that hurt me and my family and things like that. And so I just kind of avoided the topic um, kind of as far as when it came to my dad. But then kind of as I grew in my relationship with God and really started to understand the gospel more and uh, I guess had a, a, a deeper or a, a more full understanding of God's forgiveness for me and how undeserved that was and what he did for me by uh, going to the cross. And that really started to kind of change my view, I guess, or that kind of started to sink in and just understanding that in God's kingdom, things kind of work differently than in the world. And so I just my view of forgiveness started to turn from more of just a commandment in scripture, uh, more to something that God was just changing in my heart and was something that I did want to, to extend to other people. So saw it less as a command and more of something that was maybe becoming a little more natural um, in my life. So. Yeah, very cool. Jack, tell us then, as that began to change in your mind and in your heart, how did it, tell us how it played out with your dad. Yeah, and so um, I just through a lot of different ways, God, I just really felt was strongly kind of bringing this topic up and just laying it on my heart. And so, <coughs> excuse me, uh, when I was about uh, 23, I decided that I wanted to, to call up my dad and 
It had been about uh, 11, 10 or 11 years since I had last talked to him, but even longer uh, since I had really known him. Um, and so I called my uncle and I said, hey, do you, do you have my dad's number? And um, he was like, yeah, yeah, let me get it. And so he gave it to me and I remember, uh, you know, typing the number into my phone <coughs> and uh, just kind of like staring at it for a, a couple seconds or I don't know, minutes and just wondering if I should, you know, hit send. And so I did. And, it rang and I was just, you know, I had all these thoughts like, I wonder what he sounds like, I don't know what to expect, not even really sure what I'm going to say. Um, and then I got his voicemail and so I thought about hanging up, but uh, I decided to leave a message and it was a really awkward message. I was like, hey, this is your son, Jack, uh, <laughs> call me back. And so, uh, really awkward. Anyway, and he called me back later that evening and again, I wasn't... I was kind of unsure if I should even answer it, and um, uh, so I, I decided to answer it, and uh, again, kind of an awkward conversation, but we just talked a little bit, and I told him a little bit about myself, he told me a little bit about himself, and then I told him I'd like to, to come meet him, and he's living in Council Bluffs, and so we just set up to, to meet that Sunday after church, and I just planned to come over, and so that, that following Sunday, um, it's great at Brookside, just a ton of people kind of knew what I was doing, and so they were praying for me. Uh, but then after church that day, I went over to his house and um, went over there, and again, kind of as I was walking up to the door, I was just like, I don't know exactly what I'm going to say. I don't even know what he looks like or what he does for a living. I just didn't know much about him. I just remember my heart was kind of pounding. I didn't really know how this would all play out. Um, so anyway, I went up to the door and rang the doorbell, and he answered, and Again, awkwardly. I'm kind of an awkward person. <laughs> I was just like, hey. <laughs> and uh, he actually just immediately started crying and just grabbed me and hugged me. <clears throat> and uh, just for a couple minutes, several minutes, just kind of stood there crying and hugging me. And he kind of like stepped back and then hugged me again and just like, you know, kept saying, it's good to see you. And um, so anyway, we eventually went into the house and started talking and talked for probably two or three hours. And um, just, I told him a, a little bit about what I had been up to the last decade or so, and then uh, he told me about kind of what he did and everything. And we, we talked just a lot about our lives. Um, but I really wanted to be intentional about this idea of forgiving him. And so I didn't really bring up the past. I didn't think that would do much good to like attack him or, or whatever. <coughs> and so, uh, but I was just really intentional to let him know that regardless of the past that I forgave him, and I specifically wanted to say the words, I forgive you. And um, when I did, I could tell even there was kind of like an instant relief. I, I could just see in him that he was relieved and wanted to have a relationship with me. Um, and so we kind of started from there, kind of the slow process of, of building this relationship together, which we're still going through now. That was about four years ago. Um, and so, yeah, it was crazy because I didn't really know what to expect. Um, I didn't know what to expect, like how I would feel afterwards or anything. And I remember going to my car, I thought maybe I would still kind of feel like it was unfair, like he got away with something. And, you know, I knew that like when you forgive someone, that doesn't just change everything or magically make it better or say that the past was okay or whatever. Um, but yeah, I just didn't know what to expect. I thought I might still be like bitter, like maybe I didn't really forgive him in my heart. But it was awesome. I walked out to my car and um, I just instantly kind of felt relief uh, in my own heart and uh, just 
um, I don't know the word, I guess excitement or joy. Just I, I kind of just felt like God was like, hey, like, good job. And it was just a, kind of a cool moment for me. And uh, But most of all, I just felt free. And even though for a lot of the times I didn't really realize how much of a burden it was for me and how much it was weighing me down, but um, afterwards I was just like, man, I feel so free from this. Uh, just like this huge weight has been lifted off me. And um, And yeah, again, so we were able to to uh, kind of start our relationship. But it did even make some other things difficult, even with my mom and my brothers who didn't really understand uh, what I was doing. And so that made that kind of complicated and difficult. Um, but when it came down to it, I was just so thankful that God had been working in my heart. And again, it just all kind of came back to understanding more his forgiveness of me and then just um, kind of changing my heart so that I would want to, to share that with other people in my life. So, yeah, that's great. Yeah. What I've appreciated about Jack walking through this is it's also not, he's handled it so maturely. He's not like he said, uh, this is like I'm giving my dad this uh, ability now to hurt me and, and I'm re-entering in. I'm giving him a license to, you know, abuse the situation again. Because I know some of you are in situations, you hear a story like this and you think, wow, what's that mean for me? And uh, I just want you to know when you forgive someone, it's not as though you're saying, hey, let me enter back into an abusive whatever. Um, that's, that's not forgiveness. That's not smart. Um, Jack hasn't done that with this guy, with his dad. He's, he said, though, for him, this has been about Jack and Jack's heart in hopes that God will restore relationship and everything with that. So anyway, Jack, thanks for sharing. And um, again, it's just cool to hear what it's done uh, what God's done in you through that. So, um, Jack, we're trying to raise kids in this room, and uh, you don't have any yet, but you will someday. Um, but would you pray for us? Uh, Jack works with our middle school students, so he, um, he sees our kids. Um, and uh, would you just pray that God would allow us to be the kind of parents that are able to, to really te- teach our kids forgiveness and, and really shepherd them in that? So, yeah. Cool. yeah. Yeah, let's pray. So, Lord, yeah, we just do uh, pray for your wisdom, for you to teach us to help us with this topic and um, to be able to, to teach it um, for everyone in here to their, to their children, to be able to model that well for them too. And uh, Lord, we just know that that's really something that um, can only happen through you working in our lives and you working in our hearts. And so, yeah, we just beg you, Lord, to teach us in that, um, to help us through that. And um, uh, yeah, just to help us to have forgiveness for those to, against who maybe we're still holding on to bitterness. So. Um, yeah, would we, would we lead lives that really follow what you modeled for us, Lord, so that we could model those, uh, the same thing for our kids. So, um, yeah, we love you, Lord, and, and we thank you for this, and I pray this in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Hey, thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Great. You're dismissed. Thanks.